Welcome to the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. I'm Jim Gallagher, Jr. Let's talk junior golf today. Let's talk with uh, VJ Trolio, uh, the teaching professional at Old Waverly Golf Club and the author of the book, Only One Shot. And uh, I think one of the cool things is to get VJ on, get his perspective on a lot of things we've talked over the years of, you know, what how a elite player or elite golfer is made. And he discussed that in our first season. You want to go back and listen to those. Those are some very informative ones. And uh, it's just always good to get uh, his updates on kind of where the state of the game is in instruction and everything. So uh, we'll get VJ on. We'll talk a little bit of that. He and Tim Yelverton have done uh, an incredible job. They've built one of the premier junior programs at Old Waverly. Uh, and it's just been amazing to see what they started years ago. And let's see that they've got kids that have gone through the program now playing Division One golf. Uh, of course, VJ has his son Cohen at LSU and his son Collins at at Ole Miss. So you've you've got guys that uh, are kids who have gone through the programs and uh, have got some success. So uh, with that being said, l- let's get VJ on the line. All right, let's talk junior golf with uh, golf instructor from Old Waverly, VJ Trolio. VJ, you and Timmy Elverton, uh, the short game instructor at Old Waverly, built one of the premier junior programs at Old Waverly. Uh, appreciate you being with us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be on the Only One Shot podcast. Well, since you wrote the book, it's only you know fair that you're you're back on. You're the reason we're doing the podcast. That's right. You know, so we we we've got to go with that. But uh, you know, what's been the key to that success? Uh, I remember you watching. You had 15, 20, 30 kids. You haven't had to spread them out. And and what has been the the you know, the key to that success of the program you've seen over the last oh, 15, 20 years you've been doing it? Um, you know, I mean consistency, right? Uh, um, consistency with the with with us as coaches and teachers. Um, consistency in our schedules of seeing the kids. Uh, consistency in the kids showing up, running their plans, and um, consistency in the parents. Uh, getting them here and the parents getting them to the golf tournaments. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, it's just consistency, right? I mean, you can't tough to get much better than 1% better a day, right? It, it, those, those days of getting 10% better are few and far between. So, so the, the, the biggest thing is just consistently showing up. Um, and, and, uh, you bringing it as coach and the student bringing it, the athlete bringing it and, Getting 1% better every day. When you started it, I mean, why did you – what was the uh, – I guess we're trying to grow the game and everybody talks about who's growing the game is the PGA Tour or, or so-and-so. But it's it's the guys like yourself, the PGA pros that are growing the game. Uh, why the focus on junior golf and, and how did you get that started? Where did all that come from? Um, you know, I I, uh, I I started when I was playing mini tours. So when I was still in Hattiesburg, I started playing mini tours. Um, I started playing golf some with a kid named Matt Pass and, yep. his, and his dad, Michael, you know. Um, and, you know, Matt was just he, – he wanted to play some golf. And, you know, I'm a mentor player, right? All the, all the Everybody else is either at work or uh, the college guys are playing with the college guys, you know, qualifying and practice and so forth and so on. So um, – and then when I started teaching some, I started teaching, you know, Fast was obviously um, one of my first students. And – and then when I started teaching, um, I, you know, I, I got – it seemed like almost immediately I was on the range uh, down in Jackson at, with Vance Beasy. You know, it was, it was so quick. It was, it was like 
I was teaching some, and then I was immediately on the range at, at a tour event in Jackson, and then I was immediately with Doug Barron at um, at uh, the Disney. Remember the Disney event? Yep. He used to wrap these up, yep. right? And, um, and so I got the exposure really, really quickly. Obviously, I played college golf. I, I played professional golf. I never played the PGA Tour, but I got early expo- exposure to teaching uh, PGA Tour quality players and – and to be honest, um, you know, once I saw that, I was like, you know, fast, you can be that good, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you could be better than me, but I didn't make it on tour. But these guys actually made it on tour. You can be this good. So um, it was really just a, it was it was just a way of looking forward, looking back, and and you know, and I was like, these kids can be really good at golf, and and Mississippi's not known to turn out great players. I mean, obviously, Sissy was a really fine player, and. We can go through, and you can find some of the some of the great players um, that came in and out of Mississippi. But but I felt like, hey, you know, these kids can be really good. So um, I was here at this club, Old Waverly Golf Club, where I still am today. Mr. Brian and Miss Marsha, the Brian family, Wilts, the rest of them. You know, they were into junior golf, right? They were like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And, and so it it just kind of blossomed from there. It was it was it was basically the the equation of VJ, you're a really good player. You didn't quite make it on tour. Oh, this is how tour, this is how good tour players are. Oh, this is how good junior golfers are. Okay, cool. Let's build a little system and, and see if these guys can get this great. And then I had the backing of the club and the membership here at the club at the Waverly. How's your teaching changed? I mean, the game's oh changed. God. How has it changed? When you think back to the first lesson you gave to now all the high-tech equipment you have it's to choose from. Unbelievable. Um, you know, the, the thing that hasn't changed over the years is getting on the golf course with players. Okay. Um, the thing that hasn't changed is uh, being consistent in your practices, being uh, thinking clearly about what you're trying to get accomplished when you practice. Um, the things that haven't changed are breathing, visualization, um, running routines on the golf course, playing golf, uh, you know, um, get golf balls up and down, putting a lot, chipping a lot, all those things. The, the game of golf, as I've always coached it and taught it, really hadn't changed. Okay. It's still the same game. Now, that being said, you know, 20, 20 years ago, uh, you know, I didn't really think about kids working out. And for the last six, seven years, eight years, eight years, uh, you know, in the off season, I spend – um, uh, you know, between nine and 12 hours a week in a gym with three or four groups of junior players, you know, where they're, they're, they're doing movements and they're running plyo, throwing med balls, and then they're lifting weights, um, doing the stuff, a lot of stuff unilateral. So, you know, it's really changed on the front of, you know, physically, physically hitting a golf ball really well, consistent and far are you seeing more right. kids that play at other sports uh now that you're instructing we'll go back uh you know what you see in the potential of a kid but have you seen more kids who play other sports now that you're teaching more and more of them yeah. you know the type you could you know this um from when you played the tour the type of like so when i say type i mean like a prototype like a type like just if you took every average, if you took every person on the PGA Tour in 1991 and made them into one person, they were not like super strong athletes that hit a golf ball real far, mm-hmm. right? They they safely got their ball from A to Z, 
And then at the same time, you had coaches and teachers that were a type then too, right? I mean, you had you had they were teaching the best players in the world. They were coaching the best players in the world. So you know, you had that type going. When you fast forward to two thousand, I don't know. I, I, essentially, is the Tiger Woods effect, right? The the Brooks Kepkas, the Dustin Johnsons, the I guess you could even say it was a little bit of the Greg Norman, a little bit of jumping Jimmy Gallagher that you had a bunch of ball speed, right? Uh, John, John Daly. But nowadays the type, if you took everybody on the PGA tour and you said, okay, cool, let's, let's formalize them and make them something. The type of player on the PGA tour now looks different than the type of player that was on the PGA tour in 1989, correct. 1991. Yeah, correct. And so we, as coaches and instructors, we're also a different type, you know, I mean, we're no better. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Chuck cook, you could go through the runs here of, of when I say Chuck cook, you could say um, tons of great coaches way. I mean, just masters of coaching led better Mike Adams. I mean, just t- great, great, great uh, Michael Hebron, great, great teachers and coaches. And what they were teaching and coaching back then is just um, I left out Harvey Pinnock, Mr. Harvey Pinnock. But the people and the ways they were coaching back then were different than what we're doing now just because of the athlete and the game, um, how it's changed. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's just amazing. Like people talk about playing multiple sports. It's like, yeah, you, you, yeah, you absolutely play multiple sports. I mean, that's, you know, that's been play a bunch of sports. And then as you get older, um, you know, you're going to have to siphon off into specialization, right? You get right. 15, 16, 17, you have to kind of start siphoning off into, into specialization. But but the game the game is still the same game when it comes to junior golf. It's still the same game. You know, I mean, like the, the players that get out there and that commit, that, that safely get their ball closer to the, to the hole each time, and the players that get out there and when their ball is closer to the hole, golf's easier for them. Like when players do that and they think well and handle their emotions, the game is still the game. It's just the athlete that's playing the game is a little different now. And, and when you wrote the book, only one shot, and, and you asked the question, you know, or how is it, you've answered the question in the book? How are elite golfers made? How would you answer that now? And uh, has it stayed the same, or is it different than when you wrote the book uh, a few years ago? I, w- I would. It's still the same. You know, proximity to uh, golf, proximity to um, good instruction, consistency of showing up, giving it 100%, the culture of the family, um, you know, putting resources, right? You know, um, whether it be time resources, financial resources into the athlete. Um, you know, golf's a 20-year developmental sport, right? So it, it, it kind of starts early and it sort of starts growing itself. So um, I, I would say it's still the same answer. For sure, no difference. What do you tell the parents? You know, as far as a competitive competition part, when you know you've and you've been teaching these kids and they're starting at your programs and advice as far as you know getting them into tournament play. Uh, is there a sequence or a uh, a level they play at? There, What's your advice on there that? There is, there is, and 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 I, I don't want to get too far off in the weeds, but I get this question a lot. So I would um, can I get in the weeds a little bit? Get in the weeds. I got a weed eater. Okay. Yeah, cool. So, um, page 97 of Only One Shot. Um, I mean, I'm just reading here from the book. 
With a winner's share at 18% of the total purse, golf is one of the most capitalistic of sports. While oftentimes the difference between first and tenth may be only a few strokes, the tenth place finisher will receive only 2.7% of the payout. So, you know, in, in professional golf, first place is 18% of the, the total purse. Um, in tenth place is 2.7% of the total purse. And, and so um, we sometimes think of junior golf being different than that. Right, so we we sometimes think that junior golf is um, is not that capitalistic. In other words, you know, a top five finish um, is a good finish, or a top six, or or maybe even you work it off of score. Um, however, it is. But but one thing, it, getting here in the weeds, one thing that that junior golf parents that I have to remind junior golf parents, I get this question a lot, is that really golf is a very capitalistic sport. If you win the tournament, you simply get more, a lot more, than finishing fifth. Mm-hmm. And fifth gets more than 20th. Um, and so if, if further getting into the weeds, if we, if we just go in and, and think about, like, junior golf scoreboard. Are you familiar with that? I think everybody in the country is familiar with that. Got an idea, junior, yeah. Yeah, junior golf scoreboard is just a it's a, it's a way of – it's a way for um, tournaments, committees, coaches, for, for people to know how people are ranked state to state and throughout our country. Does that make sense? So every age group, male and female, will have a ranking in there. And um, they do a very, very thorough job of it, and so do the tournament committees. But, but with, junior golf, with Junior Golf Scoreboard, 65% of a person's ranking um, comes from their score versus the difficulty of the golf course. Okay. Let me, so if you played, if you played Greenwood country club and shot um, 68 in the state junior, and then you went and played uh, Marion, which is a, obviously a much more difficult golf course and shot 72. Um, you would have a different ranking because your 65% of that score comes from your score versus the difficulty of the course, okay. which is course rating, right? Mm-hmm. The other 25% of the score comes from the strength of field. So 90% of a person's ranking is how hard is the golf course they're playing and then how strong is the field they're playing against. So that's pretty black and white on 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 that for for the kids, the parents to know where they stand and getting in tournaments and understanding what levels they are. And that's for coaches to look at as well when they're recruiting. That's right. the 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 final ten percent of that ranking is based on where you finish in the field. Okay. Okay. So, so in a sense, it's you can see how it kind of starts parlaying over to professional golf. Professional golf has these these huge payouts to first place and not so much to tenth place. Well, in junior golf, if you play a really tough golf course with a very strong field, you're simply going to get more ranking points for that than if you play an easy golf course with a softer field. Let's, let's get back out of the weeds, and then we get back in them. But let's talk about, you know, all right, you're talking about it. All right, you're playing in these big tournaments, and you're wanting to be competitive. You're wanting coaches to see you. How do you keep it fun? 
uh, from the instructor well, let's pull, side. Let's pull, let's pull back out of the weeds and, and just go with the first question. So it's like, you know, when these parents come to you, how do you, how do you develop these junior golfers? Right. Well, obviously, obviously players need to walk through a couple of stages, right? You have to learn to play. Mm-hmm. Then you have to learn to compete. And then after you learn to compete, you're competing. And then you probably don't win a bunch, so you have to learn to win. And then eventually you're winning. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, kids need to play high school golf. They need to play um, local local state stuff, local community stuff. The kids, need, they need to learn to compete. They need to compete. They need to learn to win. They need to win. So, so it's not all about rankings, right? It's about the kid um, kind of placing them in situations where they can work through those phases. And then as they work through those phases at one level, then just say, okay, well, let's go play another level. And let's go play another level. Let's mm-hmm. go play another level. So typically what I would say to parents, now that I'm out of the weeds, is that you kind of need, you, you need a good format of, of, of diversity inside their schedule. You need some tournaments that they can win. You need some tournaments that are going to be really, really tough for them. And then you need some tournaments that they can compete in. And that's how you make it fun for the kids, right? Nobody likes nobody in the right mind um, is going to have a lot of fun running around and their parents saying, Hey, listen, this is a big tournament, hard golf course, strong field. You've got to play good. Well, that's not any fun, right? No. Now what is, what is fun is winning about four or five us kids event and then going to play in the future masters. <laughs> right. Right. But, Whoa, man, these guys are good. So that is fun. So, um, but there, there's a difference there. Right. And I, I think every individual family and every individual athlete, kind of works at that differently but the the point is is that diversify the schedule as much as you can when they're younger let them win some let them learn to win let them let them see some of the best out there and and then come back and go man i need to do more of this they learn to compete at that level and at the same time don't don't do that so much so long that you're like well my kids won 11 events um here in the state but they're ranked 535th whereas the kids that are playing the ajga and the the sjgt these kids are ranked ahead of them my son or my daughter are better than them it's like well you have to keep in mind that golf at some point certainly becomes a a ranking type system right and i think for the kid that's maybe not at that level who's trying to get involved that maybe maybe intimidate pga junior league it's been fun to watch them do with the team concept i think that's a great idea about growing the game get other kids involved uh, so it's not as intimidating for maybe the kid that's yeah. a little more advanced. Drive, chip, putt, PGA Junior League. Uh, there's so many cool programs out there. U.S. Kids does a lot of, you know, state and regional stuff. Um, there's a lot of little local tours out there. There's a lot of state-run tours. And um, those tours are super important because those tours are the tours where these kids get to work through these phases. Um, by the time you get – you and I both know this with, with our children – um, by the time, by the time you get 15, 16, 17, 18, it gets, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a little different level. The kids have to love it and enjoy it at that point. Um, because now it's about them and their goals and their desires. And it's more of an elite mindset and it's more of a, it's less of the fun, get ready, you know, learn to play, enjoy yourself, learn from your mistakes. And it's a lot more of the, uh, the kid kind of driving the show, wanting to win golf tournaments. You mentioned earlier about getting the players that you're instructing on the golf course. Uh, I read uh, a quote from Roy McElroy. He says, you know, focus on scoring. Uh, 
and, and, and trying to balance the range time that you're going to probably learn a little bit more, which falls right into what things I love is being on the golf course. Cause I feel like I, I learned so much more on the golf course, not saying yeah. you don't hit balls, yeah. but how do you balance that as an instructor? Uh, if you have a kid that wants to spend the whole time on the, on the golf course and, and playing and playing versus uh, maybe doing some range time. You know, the, it, as long as we play golf, we're going to have to select the shot. And the shot is constantly changing, right? I mean, you know, number one tee hitter, a Waverly. If the wind's off the right, you might be going, okay, cool, I'm going to hit this ball from the wind, let it take it left. The wind's dead into you. You're like, hey, I'm going to bore this one through the wind there if the wind's off the left, right? Every shot in golf is a little different, and we always have to select the shot. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to go to address. Like, we can't play the game if we don't get over the golf ball, Right. We have to go to address. So after we select a shot, we have to walk in there and get over it and get ready to hit it. And while we're over it, we have to know the execution of the motion we're trying to make. We have to, right? You can't put a golf swing together um, in a backswing, right? You already have to know what your swing feel is. And I'll take it inside, take it there, take it there, whatever the feel is that we're working with. So we have to always in golf select a shot. We have to always go to address. We have to always um, know what our motion is going to feel like on this, right? I have a six-foot putt versus a 30-foot putt. And then finally, after that ball leaves, we have to get back into a state of mind. We have to accept the outcome and get back into a state of mind that we can go do that again, right? So there's four, like, four key factors. you got to select your shot. You have to go to address. You have to execute your motion, and you have to get back into a state of mind where you can do that again. Absolutely. And so the reason people don't get a lot better on the driving range is because on the driving range, it doesn't require that. See, on the, on the driving range, we don't have to select a shot, really. We can just kind of have a post sitting out there, and we're hitting at it. On the driving range, we're always at address, essentially, right? We can just mm-hmm. hit, break, and hit. Right. On the driving, on the driving range, we're supposed to be – working and practicing and, and and ingraining this this motion that we're going to execute. And on the driving range, we don't really have to accept the outcome, right? We can pull a note over and hit it. So that's the way I always approach it, is that golf is going to always be a very mental transitional game because there's so many variables and there's so many variations and the pins are out there. There's so many different things going on that um, – if, if you don't learn to accept your shot and then go to the next shot, select how you're going to get it close to the hole, hop over there to address, execute your motion, and then accept that outcome. If you don't learn that, you'll never be a great player. Absolutely. So golf, golf requires us to be on the golf course going through the transitions of that. It, it doesn't matter what your ground, force, ground reaction forces are. It doesn't matter what your kinematic sequence is. It doesn't matter um, if your club's on and off plane. Like you, you have to play enough golf where you understand how you play good golf, and 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 so it's there's no real balance there, right? It's 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 simply analyze, which we do a lot around here. We analyze golf swings. Say, hey, you need to get the club a little bit more for Jimmy Gallagher. You need to trace the line more. It's like, okay, cool, got it. And then from a coaching perspective, it's like, cool, now you know let's build you a little practice place where you can do that. Now let's get on the golf course. Now select a shot for me. Absolutely. All right, cool. Go in and go in and execute that motion. You're feeling on the range. All right. Well, I know you weren't happy with that, but let's get over that shot because here comes another one. And we're going to have to select another shot. Right. You've so talked, you've, golf, 
Cup has to be played. You've talked about preparation and how you've prepared your students, and you've got two sons that are playing at college D1 level. You've got several of your students doing that. What's some of the advice you have for the parents maybe you're trying to decide or the kids are trying to decide what you know school to choose, what programs to maybe play at? What's your advice now that you've done it twice for them to – Pick we don't one. have enough time left in this podcast for that. <laughs> Give a quick synopsis. We don't want to get into the gory details of it all, but I mean, don't you? I always my advice to the kids, and and then we can we can move on. But my advice to the kids is always, you know, if you don't, if you get hurt, you miss a trip, is you pick a school that you would be happy to be at, regardless of of playing. Yeah. I think that's one of the formulas yeah. when you get down between one, two, or three schools. Uh, definitely, a hundred percent. 100%. Because you, the, the college athletes just – they don't know what's going to happen when they get to college. They don't. And there's no perfect, there's no perfect situation. I think that's the difficult yeah. part. Uh, they have this dream of what it is. It's like the PJ Tour. We're, we're looking at the guys coming off. Wilson Furr from Mississippi finished 23rd Corn Ferry Tour. He's eighth alternate at Sony. He may not only get in one, maybe two events on the West Coast. Because of his ranking. Right. There's no guarantees in life. It's not always – it happened to me. It happened to everybody. There's this dream. We've yeah. made it. You just got to keep grinding it out. Uh, and there's going to be bumps along the road, and I think that's, that's the ones that can deal with it. And I think that's the tough yeah. part, uh, you know, when we're talking about these kids picking uh, schools and yeah. then even trying to get to the, to the next level. But Yeah, and I think the most important thing is, like, pick it for you, you know um, – you went to Tennessee. You were a more high-profile junior golfer than I was. I went to Southern Miss. I got recruited by Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Um, and I went to Southern Miss. And so when I was going to school, I was, you know, the, the reason that I, the reason I went to Southern Miss was, um, you know, the coach was like, hey, look, you know, I'll give you a spot, and you're going to play a lot down here. And you might have gone to Tennessee for different reasons than that. So I think that's one of the bigger keys is going to the right school for your right reasons. Um, there's some players that will benefit from from going in and being pushed really hard just to make the top five. Mm-hmm. Right? I've seen that happen. I've, I've seen I have seen kids that were top ten in junior golf scoreboard got recruited by tons of schools, and I've seen them go to programs where they didn't play it down their first year, but they became better players because of it. Sure, right? I've seen that, and then I've also seen players that went to in a in a very similar fashion maybe maybe the kid was a top 100 kid in junior golf scoreboard and he goes to a strong program and the program's so strong that it just beats him up mentally mm-hmm. right so you know I, I i think that like what you're saying go to a school that if you weren't playing golf you would still enjoy being at school there for sure and then secondly go for your right reasons you know go for your reasons i think the reason you went to tennessee is probably a little different reason than i went to southern miss but we both went for the right reason. Correct, and I think that's that's the part you you, you don't know till you get there. You don't know, coaches don't know what yeah. they got when you get there. So it's always a, a learning curve. We've had plenty of coaches right. on here, and it's always fascinating to hear what they're looking for. Uh, I have had parents say or coaches say when they recruit, they recruit the parents. They see how kids act yeah. and it, to their you know treat their parents. It's it's more than just a scorer on the scorecard. And whether you win tournaments, yeah. these coaches are looking for a lot of different things. But let's talk a little mechanics, which you know is not my favorite subject, but I know it's yours. You know a lot about it. USGA's proposed a golf ball rollback. You know, what are your thoughts on that? And, and you've seen, uh, uh, you know, the ball go further and these guys become better athletes, like you said, better trained. 
Uh, and what effect might that have on the juniors or even the adults? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm not angry about it. Um, I don't I don't think it's I don't I don't think it's I, I'm I'm sort of neutral on it. Okay. Because I don't know how I don't know how the ball is going to fly, right? Yeah. I mean, these. I, you, you remember you and I? I mean, we used to play with Blottas, right? Mm-hmm. So when I remember, I remember playing that Tylus Blotta all those years, and, and then the Wilson Strata came out. Do you remember that golf ball? Mm-hmm. And man, like it was right there around the time the Pro V One came out, and it was like it was a completely different game, right? It was like holy Toledo, the golf ball's going so much further, it rolls further, the chipping's different with it, like everything's different, right? No, it's totally because I, I don't know what to I don't know what to expect with this this newer ball. Like I don't know if it's going to be um, a higher spinning ball, more like the Tour Bellata. Um It sounds like it's, it sounds like there's somewhere in the neighborhood of a four or five percent difference. Is that is what I'm hearing? Like instead of instead of a ball flying. 300 and some odd yards at 120 miles an hour. Now they're going to test it against 125 or 127 miles an hour in the ball at 5312. So it, we're losing a certain amount of percentage of it, but I don't know how it's going to feel. I don't know how it's going to fly. I don't know how it's going to react. That's the first so, time I've heard people talk about that. They're all worried about how far it's going to go. It's how the reaction of the ball. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's different, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you remember the persimmon woods? You remember how low we used to hit the persimmon woods, yep. right? Yep. You, mean, t- you, just, you take a modern you take a modern ball with the old clubs, you can't get them in the air. Right. I mean, the ball fly, yeah. The, I mean, the, uh, nowadays, if you went out there with a persimmon, you probably hit it 30 feet in the air and just rip it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's straight. And, um, and so, but but I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to expect. I don't know how to expect it. You know, I've talked to some, some elite players that I've um, – that I've been around and you know, it's, it's going to come in the next number of years, but they're not really worried about it either. Right. I don't think it's going to affect the, the, the big long hitters, the top players, uh, all the cool that match. The cool thing to see is going to be how it spins and how it reacts, mm-hmm. you know, what it does, what, how it reacts in and around greens. Um, you know, some of the hardest shots in golf are wedge shots. Yeah. Right? I mean, <laughs> elite players practice them all the time. Because they are hard, right? Um, and so how you know how that changes the, those those spin rates, those launch angles, how that stuff works, how it works around the greens, what it feels like when you putt. Um, those, those are things. I, I think I that's going to be the, that's about. a great point. I think that's going to be where you see the, the the wedge game. I think that's where it's going to really show. It's, yeah, it's different. It's different because I, I assure you that uh, you and I hitting a um um a well, what was the golf ball that you played? The HT, the HT, the backslide. I played the uh, DDH, yeah. but the HT was the ball. Yeah, and I, I and I assure you that you hitting a seventy-five or ninety-yard shot with an HT is different than you hitting a seventy-five or ninety-yard shot with Pro V One. It's just it's just different, right? Yeah. And so um, look, I look forward to seeing how it's going to be, um, how it's going to, what it's going to do to the game. It'd be it's fun to see, and I don't. The results are the results. There's a lot of smart people at the USGA, and there's a lot of smart people in the RNA, and there's a lot of smart people on the PGA Tour. And, you know, the, the people that make these decisions throughout, they're very intelligent. They know what they're doing. Um, 
So it'll be interesting to see what, what transpires. I think it gets back to fitness. Like you said, these kids are learning uh, how to gain speed. You're teaching it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's as big a much. Equipment, yes. It's no question wow. it's going. But you've seen that. Wow. Uh, you know, how, how has workouts changed even in the last five years uh, in your oh, instructing? It's unbelievable. It's, un, it's unreal. You know, and you, I mean, you had some. You had some real pioneers out there, like Michael Bentley, for instance, out in California. Michael was a pioneer in ground reaction forces, you know. But it was like, you know, back then they had these things in, like, hospitals, right? You had these dual plates, right? Or you had these um, – it's just it's just amazing. Um, but nowadays, like, there are literally things that I can show or teach somebody through technology that I would have never learned. Never. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ever. I could have stood on a golf. I could have stood on the driving range forever and played. A, all I did was play golf, and I would have never, in a million years, um, learned some of these ways to create power and force from the ground and how the energy travels through the through the system um, kinematically. It's just wild, and so um, that's really you know, that's changed the game. And then obviously you have great workout people out there. So you, you take that stuff and you take the workouts, the athletes are just going to get, they're going to get better, they're yeah. going to get faster, they're going to get stronger and they're going to get quicker. Um, you know, I guess, I guess Bobby Jones changed the game. I guess Seve changed the game. I guess um, Palmer, Nicholas changed the game. Yep. And then now Tiger changed the game. And, and when Tiger walked out there with those red shirts on with those guns showing, it's just not ever going to go back to the other way. No, no. Where do you see the game in five or ten years with your little crystal ball? I know you have over there. I don't have one. You don't? You used to. I, don't, I, don't. I lost it. I had it, and then I lost it. I had it when I was about 28, and then I lost it. Um, <laughs> I don't, you know, I, hey, keep growing the game. I, it's still, other than a church, it's the safest place on the planet for kids to grow up. You know, these kids, they have to walk up to adult men and adult women and say, hi, how are you doing? Hello. They have to speak to them. They have to take their hats off when they go in the in the clubhouse and in the pro shop. They um, it, this, our, our game is still played um, a very honest game, right? It, it, you keep your own score. You keep your competitor's score. Um, you don't touch your golf ball. Like, all these things, um, it's just a fantastic game. And, and I think that – as long as it is, is I, I think it's going to continue to grow and continue to grow as long as we um, produce a culture that gets these kids out here. How are you, VJ Trollio, going to grow the game? Uh, not just don't worry about the world changing. How are you going to grow the game? I'm going to grow the game. I'm going to keep doing what I do. Um, I'm I'm going to keep um, asking athletes to 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 write down goals. And then after they write down those goals, I'm going to keep asking athletes what skills they have to accomplish those goals. And then after we decide on what skills they need, me and that athlete are going to build a system to develop that skill. And so that's what I'm going to do. Perfect. You know, you mentioned the integrity. You know one thing my dad did is you had to know the rules and you had to learn a new rule each week. Do you think that's a lost art with – today's game because i see so many people they're just out trying to have fun it's a change and we're trying to do it it's part of growing it do you do you see any um, emphasis on the rules or not um some you know i I think it's changed it was a it was a lot more individual play back when senior was running tournaments 
nowadays it's more group play, right? It's more mm-hmm. scrambles, four balls. That's more of the popularity than individual stuff. But the, the rules of golf are really, really important. And um, one thing we all need to do, one thing we all need to do is do a better job raking bunkers. Yes. I, I just don't that, hit in them. Boy, I see that all the time on the golf course and playing lessons and stuff. When you just have – in tournament play, people rake bunkers. But just in normal day-to-day play – we, get, we, we as a country have to do a better job on raking our bunkers. I agree. That's a good way to end this. That's a good way to end it. Our, our, our number one goal next time you're out, you know, it's January, but just go out and learn how to rake a bunker. If you're going right. to rake it, rake it properly, not that's with your right. foot. That's right. That's right. I remember caddying for you, and you got on me in San Antonio. That's right. You're like, that divot's that div- that div- not full. I was like, oh gosh, I gotta get back in there and fill it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that was. That's in my yeah. bad days. But uh, Veej, appreciate yeah. the, the insight. Uh, uh, my pleasure. And we appreciate spending some time with us. How do they get a hold of you? They could DM me, DM me on um, on Instagram or VJ at trolliogolf.com. Get a lesson, learn a lot. He's the man. Appreciate it, Veej. Fertile fields of flatlands and hills raised. Bite anything, whatever a farmer can dream. Slug burger, shrimp ball, catfish fried up in oil. Oh, good gosh, you mighty, just a husk of hot tamale now. Now that's Mississippi. America's music birthplace where rock and roll was made out of our gospel and blues and that pure country tune. Oh, authors and poets so profoundly stoic, an imagination of a child, let their words run wild.